Did you with my papa? Well, thank you, Jordan, for that introduction, and, and welcome everyone to episode number two of Here's a Deal with Danny Sitters. Uh, I'm not the youth minister, Jeff A. Dare, and I'm here with uh, Man of the Hour, uh, Danny Sitters. Danny, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm alive and well and can't believe we're doing episode two already. <laughs> right? That is amazing. Uh, did you get some time out on the on the greens or fairways or whatever? I'm not a golfer, so. Well, I call it the... Um, the uh, Greens ministry that I have, nice. and go. it's the uh, Macedonian call, and that is the Macedonian call is when the weather gets to about 60 degrees, and it was 65 last week. It called me. I went, there so I'm obedient. Nice. There you have to be. <laughs> Love that. Um, you know, the, the only, just to let you know, there's no surprises this week. I guess the only surprise would be that we're moving, moving locations. <laughs> Good. So no more calls from your mom this week. Uh, but, but just keep in mind, though. There's still, you know, going to be episode three, so who knows? All right. Um, you know, before we get into it this week, I got to remind everybody uh, about uh, you can send in questions for Danny uh, about his sermons to uh, HCOC Digital Media at uh, gmail dot com, and Danny and I will discuss it uh, here on the show. Do our best to uh, get into it for you, and um, also head over to Heartland Church of Christ on YouTube so you can uh, stay up to date with uh, all the content that we put out and Danny's sermons on Sundays, of course. Um, and make sure you subscribe and click that notification bell so you can stay up to date. And um, we'll, you'll get a notification when we put out something. Uh, and, Danny, real quickly, I want to tell you about another uh, podcast that we're going to be starting here at Heartland. Uh, it's going to be showing up on everybody's feed. Uh, Steve Gibney and I are going to be sitting down this Friday to start something I know everybody will, will benefit from. Um, it's, we're going to take a spiritual disciplines material from this 201 class that he's teaching on Sunday mornings. And we're going to be breaking it down so that everyone can have uh, some easy access to the great material he's presenting throughout the week. If you have not gotten on and looked at that class or listened on, I believe it's on Zoom, mm -hmm. I would highly encourage you to do so. Steve has poured hours of time into developing the content and looking at how do we grow spiritually and the spiritual discipline, the ancient spiritual disciplines yeah. that have been around for, for a long time. And so I would highly encourage you uh, to be a part of that class. It's going to be it's going to be fun uh, sitting down with him and uh, having a conversation about the spiritual discipline. That's great. Well, before we get before we get into it, Danny, and we got a lot to get to today. But uh, what are you what are you watching right now? You're watching a certain series? Are you just watching old stuff? Um, my my dad is always he says he always always watch westerns no matter what time. So, yeah. what are you now, watching that, right now? That's an easy one. On one of the um, old television show channels, from three o'clock to seven o'clock, are reruns of the Andy Griffith Show. Nice. And so when I come home in the afternoon and I have some time, I turn the TV on, I go right to the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> we sit there and laugh because we can quote it line for line, but oh. it never gets old. And so, yes, I, I, I don't watch uh, a ton of stuff on TV, but I go back to the Andy Griffith show. I would say this, though. I really have, and I believe his name is Tim Mackey on YouTube, oh, yeah. uh, a theologian. Mm-hmm and have shown uh, a few of his videos on Peak of the Week, and I think he's really producing great content, so I love to go and listen to what he's uh, talking about. He's, he's great. I've uh, been a big fan of the Bible Project for a long time. I actually yes. had a lot of material uh, shown to the teens over that. It's really good stuff. Um, so what's your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time has been the same since I was young. And that is Brian's song. Oh, wow. The movie about the two running backs back in the 60s for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, another one, though. So I, I, I got two or three. When I was very little, there was an old Andy Griffith movie called <laughs> Angel in My Pocket, where he was a first-time minister, a family of four, and they were moving to a new church. That was the case with my family, my parents. There were four children, and... And, and we were always, as a, as a preacher's kid, as a minister, he was always on the move. Mm -hmm. So that one uh, also uh, is one of my favorites. Recently, and it's really not recently, I love radio, the movie radio, oh, because nice. I think it has so many spiritual lessons to it. The kingdom of God is all around us. The question is, do we have the eyes to see it? R radio, if, if you watch the movie, he's always in the background. He's always there. Nobody really paid attention to him until Coach Jones 
right. uh, sees him and develops a relationship with him. So those, those are some of my favorite. Great movies. Uh, you know, I actually traveled through Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Andy Griffith's from and has the Mayberry concept there downtown and stuff like really? that. And yeah, I saw the old cop car and everything else. It was really cool. Okay, I got to get there. It's a small little town. You'll blink and miss it, but it's a, it's a cool little place. So I brought that up um, because I want to, as we get into it, uh, you talked about the golden ticket of our existence in your sermon from last Sunday. Uh, and I couldn't help but have the uh, image of Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. Uh, when he found his. I mean, very relatable to uh, knowing that when you're known by God, there's that look on his face and all the uh, emotions that come with it. Uh, we'll get to that more in a, more in a minute, of course. Um, now, I know you said last week that uh, it was hard for you to get out of uh, books sometimes when you uh, preach, but... Uh, was it just a natural thing to follow the story of Zacchaeus with the parable, or was there something else that made you want to continue in Luke 19? So you're right, and I have said that about, we, we were in Genesis, chapters 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, created in the image of God. God creates out of love. Uh, we're, we're called to subdue the earth and, and what that means and, and what that looks like. And, and so the, the, the thought of Jesus and Zacchaeus, came to mind. So I went over Luke 19 and it was just, I just loved the content that was there, how Jesus dealt with Zacchaeus. We talked about it uh, and, and really focused there on the, you know, we've, we've talked about the two God-given human desires of uh, connection, yeah. right? To love and to be loved, to know and to be known, to live in community. But the other human desire is to contribute, contribution, So in the first part, we have Jesus making the great connection with Zacchaeus. And and, and it it ends with today salvation has come to this household. For this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so as I keep reading, the next verse says, And as they were listening to this, Jesus tells a parable. And so I thought, okay, this is in the same context. What's, what's this parable about? How does it apply? And lo and behold, I believe that Jesus goes down this route of connection to our responsibility of contribution. So that, that's how it came to mind. It's kind of like a, a perfect one chapter summary of everything I've been trying to say That's in right. the last several months. So, <laughs> I always picture they, uh, the salvation coming to their house and everybody standing around just still in awe. And then he's like, this is a perfect opportunity to tell a parable right now. I've got to say it right now. Very well could have been. So that's great. Um, you know, I had always thought that Jesus was trying to make a couple of points with the parable, of course. And uh, also seems kind of like a common sense type thing to my Western ears, you know, um, if you want to make more money, then it's going to take some sort of investment. But, you know, that's my Western ears. Uh, would the ears that were listening to Jesus um, at that time thought the same way? Or would burying the money seem more like they were doing more custom? Well, and that's a great question. So I, I think it's always important to keep, um, keep the context in the forefront historically. Yeah. Um, you know, so kind of outside the text, but yet keeping the context uh, straight within the text, and sometimes that can be can be challenging. So yeah. Jesus is is talking to a group of people that we would consider to be oppressed. Uh, they were under the rule uh, of Rome, and so they're they're looking for they're looking for hope. They're looking for help. Uh, some are looking for a, a handout. Just, just get me out of, of this particular situation. Um, and so, we, when you when you keep that in context, I think within the context, it's not just money, but it's our talents, it's our gifts, it's our temperament, it's our desires, it's our dreams, it's our calling. How, how do we, how do we take that, invest it, so that it grows? And becomes more, and and I will answer your question specifically in, in in one second. But but here's why I think Jesus and it tells us, he says while they were listening to this, uh, because Jesus was heading to Jerusalem, it's a 
it's a phrase that is kind of loaded with meaning. Yeah. He's telling him this parable because he is on his way to Jerusalem, the, 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 the end, the last days of the life of Jesus here on earth. What, what does that mean? He's going to Jerusalem to be crucified to, so we can have life. So it is, here's how I interpret it. He's on his way to Jerusalem to give us the ultimate example of connection and contribution. He's given us the uh, uh, perfect example of what it means to love, right? To be known and to give us hope, not only for this lifetime, to contribute to our eternity. Now, 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 it's not just eternity, it's to our life here on earth and to eternity. But this, you're right, this idea of burying the money There are rabbinic teachings, Jewish leaders who taught that one of the most prudent things you can do with your um, money, your finances, is to bury it so that you won't ever lose it. So when this parable is told and the one guy buried it or put it in a handkerchief or put it in his basement or put it under the mattress, there (laughs) there would be people who were listening and said, hey, way to go. Hey, that's prudent. Smart guy right there. That's wise. You weren't risky. You didn't take a chance. And and in the story, this man gets condemned for doing it. So it's it's a little bit of a shocker. Yeah. Another another upside down kingdom teaching from Jesus, man. That guy mm, turning everything upside down. Uh, you know, I always made the connection of, of hiding uh, as we have the resources from God, um, like that we uh, like we're not to hide them because we're a city on a hill. You know, we're to shine. Uh, so I'm gonna let's spend a little more time on the connection without contribution part. Okay, let me let, before you do. Let me back up one, one more thing, and I just forgot to, to say it. So um, he tells this parable because he's on his way to Jerusalem. And the other part of that verse is, and because these people that he's talking to believe that the kingdom of God was going to appear, you know, right now. Right now. And, and, and so Jesus had to change um, their perception. What, what does it mean that they were thinking that the kingdom of God was going to just Poof! Magically show up in in this moment, and and so and, and we talk about this a little bit in the sermon. So the 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 the, the Orthodox Jews or, or the Jewish people were were waiting for the day of Messiah to come. And again, you know, it's very very common that they're looking for a Messiah to come in the form of King David yeah. to be on the throne to be in power militarily, politically, socially, setting the agenda, and putting their enemies under their foot. We're we're going to get get rid of them, and it's going to be, again, a a godly nation, a righteous nation, where God reigns through the king, and they're just waiting for this kingdom to appear, just waiting on God, just wanting it to show up, and then we go, oh, okay, thank you, God. Now everything is fine, and, 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 and somehow life can get back to normal. And so Jesus had to tell this parable to change their thinking, the thinking that God's going to do it all. Uh, God's going to sprinkle some magic dust. He's going to infuse Messiah with uh, with the ability to just, you know, take control of the world. And now everything's fine for us. And, and Jesus didn't believe that about the kingdom. I don't, I don't believe that is um, how we are to view the kingdom. Right. So now, having said that, Moving forward. So waiting on God, that is, well, you said waiting on God to do something. That's kind of relatable now to uh, what we've uh, experienced here in the last year and a half or so. Oh, but yes. we can, but we can, that's for another podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, we have um, with connection without contribution, which is fear of failure um, and fear of self. Now, I think everybody listening uh, would, you know, get to know fear of failure. We know that one, but fear of self. I wanted to ask you about a few things about that. Um, so the fear of self, what exactly do you mean when you say fear of self? Because we talked about potential last week, and maybe we want to see our seed, and um, but we can be afraid of ourselves and, 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 of course, many matters. Right. So, again, I tried to break these up. Um, 
connection and contribution. And, and so, and this is just my own mind. I'm, I'm thinking out loud sure. and, and would love to hear other people's comments about this. But what if a person had connection with little or no contribution? Why, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't a person go for both? Yeah. Okay. The, the, the God-given desires that we have. But what if I stop short? What, what does that look like? Why might that be the case? Uh, and, and so, um, you know, there, the two, uh, the, the two, I think, have to be in com- combination with one another. But what about connection without any contribution? Is it possible that that within that is a is a fear of failure? I, I connect. I love. I'm known. But I don't get beyond myself. Is it a possibility? Again, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. That that's also a fear of myself, my lack, what I'm not capable of doing. Um, so anyway, going through that, uh, here are some things that that I touched on. Uh, if if I have connection without contribution, it's going to um, handicap my my talents and and my abilities definitely you know i'm I'm not i'm not getting outside of a a a relationship with with others right which will which will mean that to a to a large degree i'm looking for another person another relationship to give me what can only be fulfilled when i'm growing becoming um, developing, yeah. getting outside of my box. Uh, I, I thought about this this morning. You ever thought about verses in the Bible that, that, that sort of combine these two ideas, right? So we are to, Hebrews chapter 10, we are to spur one another on toward love, connection, good deeds, good contribution. One of the things that we're to encourage one another is to do both. Spur one another on. I thought about um, Paul in in Ephesians chapter 2 where he says, um, you're saved by grace, not by works, lest any person could boast. Our salvation is is from Jesus Christ and and, and Jesus Christ alone. Next verse or next sentence for your God's workmanship mm. created in Christ Jesus, you know, from the beginning of time to do those works that God has, has planned. So you're saved by grace. You're saved by love. Why? To develop, to grow, to work, to overcome. And then, of course, I love Paul in Philippians chapter 2. I think it's, it's 12 to 14. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. Again, as we say, not to work for our salvation, but since we've been saved, we work this out. We're, we're thinking through it. We're figuring out. The next verse, for it is God who works in you right, to do and to will according to his good pleasure. Yeah. So I've, my work, God's work. Um, and, and so those two have to, those two kind of go hand in hand with Definitely. one another. That, that's the, that's the goal. That's what we're striving for is, is to have connection, love, grace, and work. Work, work's kind of become a dirty word within Christianity <laughs> yes, over the last is. several decades, but yeah. I don't think there's any way around it that for me to develop and grow, there are things that, that, that I have uh, to work on. Um, so anyway, just kind of going through this list, and, and please feel free to jump in at any time. Um, c- connection without contribution will stunt my development as a creation of God. That's very true. I mean, it goes deep. We're created in the image of God to subdue the earth. If I'm not, I'm less than what God created me to be. Practically, I think it it it, it will transfer responsibility. I tend to transfer responsibility onto another for my own well-being. Yeah. In other words, you take care of me. I'm, I'm hitting on only one out of the two cylinders, and so I have a, a, a void, a lack. I need you um, to fulfill that, which ultimately then places unreal, unrealistic expectations on others, 
when in reality it's my responsibility. Right. It's finding your identity in, in, their, in a relationship or somebody else. Exactly right. Yeah. So I'm looking to my spouse. I'm looking to my children. I'm looking to my um, co-workers, boss. I, I'm looking to them to fulfill in me what is my God-given desire to do to contribute. Right. It doesn't work. It's, yeah. It's, it, pu- it puts way too much responsibility and, and emotional baggage on another person. Why can't you fulfill that for me? Right. And so it doesn't work. Yeah. Very true. And, um, you know, the uh, Sun Star development, it's the investment thing, kind of like taking risks in Christianity. Uh, that sounds, I'm sure that is taboo from anybody that just heard that. But uh, taking risks in Christianity, you know, it kind of, when you do take risks for God, it's, it's uh, this is going to be hard to explain and, and help me out if I ever if I butcher it. But when we when we take a risk in Christianity, it's like we know that we're covered by the grace if we do make a mistake, because yes. we have discernment and we're trying to do what God wants us to do. And I think that a lot of people don't think of it that way. Yeah, which which we should. Yeah, because grace. It covers, you know, grace and love cover a multitude of right. sin, a multitude of failures. If it's not for grace, if it's not for love, if it's not for mercy, we have no chance yeah. in, in this lifetime. And so, yeah, it, it's it's kind of the it's kind of the safety net. Well, that's that very we yeah. Because we're going to fall. Oh yeah, we're, we're going to fail. <laughs> um, let me let me say this. This idea of connection, as much as I love to talk about it and <laughs> wax eloquently on it, I struggle with this one. It's not my forte. No. C- connecting to, to other people and connecting to groups. And, and the reason is because within me is, is a fear of my own weakness. Yeah. My fear of being exposed as weak. So I want to, I have this tendency to want to project strength and competence and having it all together and my, and my ministry is all together and, you know, my life and my hobbies and my marriage and, 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 and my family, when in reality, I know that that's, that's not the case. But if I wear the mask of, of hiding because of a weakness, then I keep other people at arm's length. Right. I don't want them to get close yeah. because then they might discover the real me. And um, might they not love me? Well, might they judge me? Oh, yeah. Disrespect me, which would, which would then validate, I guess, in my sense, what I already believed right. about myself. That's so true. instead of taking the, the risk of connecting, I would. I have a tendency to just want to keep people at arm's length, and and that causes me um, challenges and problems. And so, as much again as, as as I love to talk about connecting and loving and 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 to love and to be loved, to to care and to be cared for, I struggle with it. It's it's not. It's not something that comes naturally for me. Yeah. And, and so I share that to say that, that I know that there are other people that hear this that would be able to relate to that and say, yeah, you know, I, I also, that, that, that's not my, that's not best, that's not my best trait or quality. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a really good point uh, to be, to be honest. Um, so when he gives us, our, we look for our identity we, in somebody else. And it gives unrealistic expectations, um, you know, it can, uh, which also can lead to the blame game, you're playing the victim. Uh, and we talked about how it inhibits our growth. Um, and I believe, um, you know, when we step out of our comfort zone and, and do things that maybe we haven't done before, um, give an example of this thing that we're doing right now. Oh, yeah. in, the, in the live stream on Sundays, I've never done anything like that before took a step out and said, Oh, I'll try it. And, and it's, it's fun. And I'll tell you that I'm, I'm growing in more ways than I could ever imagine because of that. And you get to church much earlier than you used to. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> it's very true. 
on Sunday morning. That is very true. It seems like it's earlier every Sunday. Yeah, it seems like I don't know what that is, but <laughs> having trouble sleeping, I guess, from the night before. Uh, so loving without action. I'm going to touch on that before we uh, we move on here. But so we can love without action. So we can can connect, but there's no uh, there's nothing in us that we're doing to expand or advance the kingdom of God because we have to love people and and it take and we all know that love is a verb. We've all heard that. So when we don't have action with the love, what is it then? So, in the technical definition of love, you can't have love without action. Right. And I briefly hit on that in the sermon. But so we're kind of playing around again with this concept. But love, right, being connected without contribution is 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 what I'm thinking about love w- without action I'm not developing I'm not growing I'm I'm comfortable hmm. so let's get just real specific with this one of the challenges that we have in in our lives in all of us is settling only for relationships connection within our own family yeah yeah now, now think think about this. With and it's beautiful. It's the way God created us to to, to be and to, and to find um, a place to be loved. It's, it, again, hear me. It's a beautiful thing. But if we invest only our lives in connecting to family, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. Yeah. Marriages. Let's be honest. Some don't last. No. Children. You won't believe this. My youngest is 21. They grow up and leave. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a part of you that goes, woohoo, you know, hey, thank you, Lord. But the, so, so those relationships are going to change, yeah. come to an end. They're, they're different. And so if I'm only connected to family, uh, it's going to set me up for the potential of being let down. Yeah. I need more than that. I need to connect to other people, the the body of Christ, um, loved ones within the church that will encourage me, love me, um, spur me on toward love and good works. A, a, a small group of people, a group of mentors, whatever mm-hmm. it is, we need, we need to have more than um, just our family members. And again, I don't want to. I don't want to come across as disparaging those connections because those are some of the greatest connections that we could ever have that that show us God and right. show us what the love and forgiveness and grace of Jesus is all about. Now, so I say that one of the books that I read at least once a year is the book by. M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever, if we've ever spent much time together, you, you hear me talking about this book because the premise of the book is that one of the main ways we find meaning in this life is dealing with and overcoming problems. Yeah. Problems, he says, call forth our courage. Problems call forth everything within us that, that we have available to solve them. And, and as a result, we grow. When we don't deal with problems, challenges, um, problems in and of themselves create pain within us. And so if we're not dealing with them, the pain continues to elevate yeah. and become more. And if we let that continue, what happens is the pain becomes intolerable. I can't handle it anymore. And so I have to then look for something else. Instead of solving the problem, I'm looking for something to, for lack of a better word, to medicate the pain. Now that could be, that could be through a relationship. Hey, solve my pain, soothe my pain. It could be in, 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 in an addictive form, substance or something, uh, some substance abuse. It, it, It can come from a variety of things. And so if we're not contributing, we're, we're letting problems and challenges and, and opportunities for growth pass us by and cause the pain to, to, to continue to grow. 
when dealing with it, dealing with fear, dealing with the struggle, dealing with the pain, ultimately reduces the pain and we come forth greater. We have, we have experience. We have, um, we, we have a story to tell. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. So you get to the end of the book. And, um, and now M. Scott Peck's no theologian. Um, he's not someone that you probably would run to uh, for, 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 for meaning in life. But he talks about toward the end of this book that I just want to read to you. And I'm, I'm going to read slowly so that people will listen to this. It, there's a possibility that the words I'm about to read to you will stretch your mind to the nth degree. No, I like not it. asking you to jump in hook, line, and sinker, but but to think about it. But he deals with this idea of why, what do we mean when God created us in love, created in His image? And, and to subdue the earth. What is it that God is ultimately calling us to become? Hmm. Okay. Right. So, children in the class, sit back and listen. All right. Well, here's what he writes. We hypothesize the existence of a God who wants us to grow. A God who loves us. And to many, this hypothesis that seems too simple, too easy, too much like fantasy, childlike and naive. But what else do we have? And he says this, and if we take it seriously, we're going to find out that this simple notion of a loving God does not make for an easy philosophy. It's going to be challenging. If we postulate that our capacity to love, this urge within us to grow and, and become, is somehow, if it really is, breathed into us by God, then we must ask, to what end? You know, where, where, where does this go? Why does God want us to grow? What are we growing toward? What is the end point? The, the goal of growth and becoming and, and transforming. So ultimately, what is it that God wants of us? He continues, All of us who postulate a loving God and really think about it eventually come to a single terrifying idea. God wants us to become himself. We are growing toward Godhood. God is the goal of our contribution or our growth or our becoming. It is God who is the source of this force, and it is God who is the destination. That is what we mean when we say that God is the Alpha and the Omega. God is the beginning, the creator, and God is the end. He's the ultimate destination. Wow. He, M. Scott Peck writes this. It is, this is the, the single most demanding idea in the history of mankind. If we believe it, uh, if we believe it, it then demands from us all that we could possibly give, all that we have. For it's one thing to believe in a nice old God who will take good care of us from a lofty position of power, which we ourselves could never begin to attain. It is quite another to believe in a God who has it in mind for us precisely that we should attain or that we should strive to become like him. Uh, attain his position, his wisdom, his identity. But we do not want this obligation. We don't want to have to work that hard. Mm. We don't want God's responsibility. 
We don't want the responsibility of having to think all the time. As long as we can believe that, that Godhood is an impossible attainment for ourselves, we don't have to worry about our spiritual growth. Mm. We don't have to push ourselves to higher and higher levels of growth and loving ac activities. We can just relax and be human. We can do our bit toward assuring ourselves of a comfortable old age, hopefully complete with healthy, happy, grateful grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But beyond that, we don't really need to bother ourselves. Wow. Wow. So again, not, not, not asking everyone to, 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 to you know, buy this wholesale, but what if that's the goal of contributing? What if that we are called to become like God in, 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 in a much greater way? That God has, again, back to a sermon I preached not too long ago, God's basically saying, I believe in you. Yeah. You're created. I created you in my image. I believe in you. You and I are the ones who are to carry forth right, the, the, the mission of Jesus in the kingdom of God. So Paul talks about it this way. We're Christ's ambassadors as though we are the ones who, no, we are the ones who are carrying forth the mission of Jesus. I think he talks about this in 2 Corinthians. Mm -hmm. That God values us. That God has bestowed upon us and within us the uh, that which we need to carry this out. Right. It's a, it's a completely different mindset. And, and, and if that's the case, then it, it helps me to understand why when I'm not contributing, growing, stretching, thinking, getting out of my box, dealing with my fears, life just doesn't seem to make as much sense and it gets frustrating. Yeah. I think you're beating your head up against the wall all the time when you're uh, not with that. Um Wow, I don't even know if we can <laughs> could continue the podcast. I think it's a good a good, a good spot. To, Let's have an invitation on. Yeah, really. Call it a day. <laughs> well, we'd have to be. Uh, well, I don't even know what song would have to be in that situation. We'd have to choose one. Um, so the idea of you know the Alpha and the Omega, we have heard that for years. Um, I never had thought about it that way. That that is the end result. And when you're talking about contribution, and we're supposed to be like uh, our, our end goal is God, and you talk about how much He gave. That's another mind blower in my mind I'm, as I'm sitting here uh, listening and talking to you. Just like, okay, I've got to give more in all sorts of my ways of life. Am I supposed to be uh, obtaining godhood, like you said? That's, that's amazing. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. So when we have um, contribution without connection, we'll just uh, move along here really quick. We've got some uh, good points to get to at the end. But um, when we have contribution without connection, the fear of being known, that is something... As a youth minister the past few years, that is something that I've tried to, uh, you know, convey and, and, and get in their head so that they know that it is okay to be known by God, just as in the relationship with your um, your parents or whatever, you know, and I would, uh, as the older adults, I would say, you know, in a, in a marriage, to be fully known by somebody, um, and I've said this too, you know, there's power and vulnerability. When you're vulnerable with someone, um, that is, I mean, it's opens up so many things, and so it's very powerful. Um, when you're not loved, you are not known. Of course, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Yep. That's pretty self-explanatory. Impatience now. Oh, man. Okay. So we're talking about fruits of the Spirit here. And you say impatience, I got to say something because the fruits of the Spirit are one of my favorite things. Why does it, why does the fear of being known lead to impatience? So this, this idea of contr contribution without connection Right. So, yeah, it, it is the, the fear of being known. I, I just want to, it is um, projects over people. Okay. Okay. It is, um, it's the idea of ser trying to serve God without loving God. Right. Now, again, think this through with me. Obeying the commandments of God without having a, a loving relationship with God. Yeah. Right. So that's trying to contribute, take action without, without the, the connection. So if, if, if getting the next thing done, if the next project 
is, is most important because I, I'm afraid of being known and I don't connect well with people, then I get very impatient with other people. They, okay. they become, they, how do you, there's no other way to say it. They become objects. There you go. Yeah. And instead of viewing then another person as as, as another who's created in the image of God, they just become an object for me to fulfill the next project or goal or thing. Because okay. I'm, I'm, I'm contributing. I, I, I'm out there. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm growing a business. I'm, 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 I'm working on this particular project, and I'm trying to get this done without, without community, yeah. without um, relationships. So, and it can also then lead to having ulterior motives for what you do in, in every area of life. Yeah. There's a reason why we're called to, to love and, and to be in community. There, there, there's, some, there, there's the um, opportunity to bounce ideas off of people. There's accountability. Right. There is opportunity for me to see uh, another way of living life when, when I take the time to pay attention and watch how they do it. And, and then evaluate my own life. So contribution without connection can lead to great harm, not only in the person who's living that way, but to the other people around that person who are just objects. Just objects. Wow, yeah. How important it is to uh, have relationships with people. That, yes. just, that is great. Uh, so then which, well, you touched on action without loving. That is... I, the word that comes to mind when, you, when I say that is just emptiness. I, I don't see, ah, oh man, you know, fulfillment and purpose, all those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so on, uh, on during your sermon, you uh, had nine points. Um, I mean, you even called here's the deal. So, I mean, we have to go over it. So, <laughs> so the first one, I, I we can't skip over uh, uh, any of them, really. But the first one is how I view God determines how I proceed or not on earth. So, again, now these nine points, and we may not get through all of them right. today on the podcast. Th- 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 those I pulled out of the story of the parable of the, the, the menace. So... How how I view God, I say, determines how I live. Now, let me read you one of the great quotes uh, from, from A.W. Tozer mm. on this particular subject. <clears throat> what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God and the most portentous fact about any man is not what he is, not what he at any given time may say or do, but what he is in his deep heart conceives God to be like. Mm-hmm. That determines everything. So how I view God is the, is the baseline question that, that all of, by the way, all of us have answered it. We may not have consciously, right. we may not consciously know uh, what we really believe about God, but we've answered this. Is God a God of law? Uh, is God a, the God of wrath? Is God the state trooper, yeah. right? With the uh, with the spiritual radar guns, That's just right. waiting on me to mess up so he yeah. can pull me over. Is God out to get me? Is God punishing me? Or take it uh, to a little bit different angle. Is God disappointed in me? Has God given up on me? Or maybe you might think God doesn't care about me. Yeah. Right? Those are all questions or thoughts that we may have had about God, those questions will determine how I live my life here on this earth. That's true. How I view God um, is is a predictor, is a pretty close predictor of how I'm going to live life serving God. That's right. or, Or not. Do I believe on the other side that, boy, God does really love me. I hear God say, hey, I believe in you. I, I just know this is a God that through Jesus Christ has um, provided me with everything that I need for for life and, and godliness and, and hope. And I think that's a much better way to view God. It's a way that I think um, what will help us um, view God this way is to think about our children, 
How do we view our go. children? Yeah. Right? We're not sitting back there with the parental radar gun just going, I can't wait <laughs> to get they you. mess up. I, <laughs> you're such a disappointment to me. No, 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 no. That would never be the case. And, and that's, that's how we ought to view God. But that's the beginning point. And I thought about First uh, John chapter 4. <clears throat> um, um, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives up it because fear has to do with punishment. Is, is that the kind of God that I serve? Boy, if, if, if God's out to punish me, i got to be careful. i got to watch out. I, I, I can't do much. I don't want to get out of line. I've got to do I, everything right. got to do everything right. Yeah. i got to be safe, right? Because I don't want this God to come uh, down and get me. So th that first point is how I view God determines everything. And, and those characters in the, in the parable Jesus told, interestingly, they all had kind of had the same view of this nobleman who was going away to be king. They Correct. didn't think there was much about him worthy of, yeah. of, of honor. But having said that, the two that, that, that Jesus talks about in the story, they, they got to work. The, the third one didn't. Yeah. So it, it all starts with how I view God. Oh, wow. And you mentioned in your sermon about uh, uh, writing that down and journaling. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in journaling. Um, it is interesting, you know, when the everything, uh, the pandemic first started last year, I was uh, at home, you know, for, well, I don't know, it seems like forever now, but <laughs> it just, it hey, probably wasn't man. that long. Yes. But it is interesting to go back and, and read my journals from that time because, you know, towards the end of it, I was, as, as you know, I was, uh, I would say it's clinically depressed, you know, I was not uh, not doing good. But um, so it's it's interesting to go back and read how I viewed God, it still was the same, but you could tell my emotions were not there. Um, I was, I wasn't mad at him. I was more mad at myself for not doing things and contributing. Uh, so it's interesting to go back. I would definitely encourage everyone to do that for sure. Absolutely. So you bring up a great point. Let me pull off and go down this side <laughs> road for, for just a moment. When you think about the pandemic, right? So what I think and believe about God will determine what I think about the pandemic. That's correct. Is this something that God is sat back for a long time and go, oh, okay, let's just punish the world. Let, let, let's, let's get them. You know, they've turned, you know. And again, I'm a, I, I, don't, I do not know where this pandemic, you know, spiritually, theologically right. came from. Don't, don't hear me <laughs> thinking that I got some answers for this because I don't. But there are some that would say, well, God, God's just punishing. God, I just sent this out here, and people are going to die, and we're going to shut it down. Right? How I view God will determine how I view the pandemic and ultimately then how I'm going to live going forward. Right. So yeah. regardless of, of a person's view on the pandemic, I would, I would argue go back and think about how do you see God in this. Yeah. Is On the other hand, is this something that— um, human beings created or it, 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 you know however this thing came about that God not necessarily the one who initiated it but that it has now given us an opportunity to change yeah. to grow so, yeah. to discard adapt. to add to adapt yeah. things so again even the, the the very specific things of life go back to how do I see God? Yeah. How do I view Him? That's a good point. That's great. Uh, so you know, we can. Uh, you tell me about uh, proceeding with with doubts, uh, questions, and hangups. That's got to say another again. As a youth minister, uh, when when kids come to me and say, you know, I'm just doubting uh, that God is active in my life or anything, and first thing I tell them, that's okay. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not okay to doubt somebody. Right. Those are emotions that God gave us, so that's totally fine. That's right. And another thing I tell the parents is it, it's going to end up at the truth. I mean, we all know, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. they're going to end up at the truth eventually because right. we're right. in the truth business. So two of the characters in the story proceeded, and one took the ten and, and, and invested and created ten more, and the other created five more. They had questions, doubts, concerns about but they pursued, they, they, they continued on, and, and they did the work necessary to, to make the investment work. The third had the same concern and did nothing. Yeah. So 66% of the characters in the story that Jesus told, they had the same view, but they didn't let that stop them. 
Oh, man. I mean, there's... How, how much do I blame and look yeah. around and say, well, this, you know, it's that person or this person or the world or the government or the pandemic and yeah. my family or my marriage or my lack of ability or talent and people, the world's against me. No, it really isn't. You, we can still continue to become and grow and expand and learn and move in the direction of, 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 of righteousness, regardless of the world we live in. Right. Because there's opportunity out there. Um, that's one thing that is never, never short on opportunities for the gospel to be shared. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, so, you know, as we're talking about uh, everything here, the fear and blame immobilizes us and costs everything. I think the past year, well, we could be, you know, spent a lot on that. Um, and, and blaming God in the end only only harms me. Uh, that'll that'll preach any time. When we blame God for the things that we've done. Um, it is difficult to do that to begin with, but I've heard, uh, I've talked to some people about um, when they're going through a tough time, they're they're yelling at God, and I say, you know, are you still praising him when everything's good? And they usually mm. look at you and go, I, like, yeah, I, you got to do it. You got to praise it all the time. That's a good point. Praise him all the time. Yeah. So fear and blame immobilized the third character in the story. He said, I was afraid of you, mm-hmm. and it caused him to do nothing. Well... That ended up costing him everything. It costed him his life. Right. Okay. Um, so at the end of the day, fear and blame only ends up harming me. Fear and blame only harms me. Unforgiveness only harms me. Yeah. Not not other folks. And so it cost him everything. Yeah. So uh, taking action with what we have now leads to more and you said reaping begins now and i i made a comment on youtube that's that that hit me really good i love that uh, because it's always like we're working towards the end like we want to get to heaven but right you know we can bring heaven right here right now uh it, it's just that simple i think and yeah. taking action with all we have god has given us the resources um it leads to more and who doesn't want more resources from god that's exactly right yeah so, yeah, we, we tend to love songs like, uh, This world is not my home. Yeah. I'm just passing through. I'm not stopping. I've just got to get to heaven. Right? That, that's, that's kind of a, a, a mentality uh, that, that we, if we're not careful, which I think w- could lead to not contributing. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just praying to God every day. Again, I, I use the analogy, I'm sitting on my couch and eating chips, and I'm just waiting for Jesus to return. Uh, no, there's there's sowing and reaping here on this earth. How many verses talk about sowing and reaping with crops and, yeah. and, and, and other things? No, it it is it is a spiritual law, it, but it also a physical law. It's a natural law that takes place um, he, here on this earth. Yeah. But the deal is to take action with what we have, not starting, you know, with what we what I don't have. Well, you know, I would, but I don't have, yeah. or I can't get access to. No, no, we start with what we have. They had 10 minutes. You, sh- you got to start with that. Right. They, they, I, surely one of them thought, well, boy, if I just had 100, well, if I had 100, man, I could I really, could. Do, no, I'd only have 10, so. I can't really turn that into what I want it to yeah. be. No, take action with what you have. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the lack of action leads to destruction. He, he hid and did nothing with it, so he, he, he was dead at the end. And then um, I got to tell you a funny story real quick, but when my wife saw the opening slide and you had math on there, she said, oh, boy, I don't even know what he's going to be talking about, but I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so you may want to think about leading out with something else, not okay. a multiplication thing. Yeah, just maybe addition, one plus one. <laughs> yeah, make it an easy one for us. <laughs> so when, you, when, it, when it, multiplication leads to fulfillment and greater harvest, that is when we aren't hiding on, uh, under a lamp and we're shining more people will want to know, and I've used this analogy before too. When I when I was first baptized and, and uh, uh, started following Jesus, the, all my old friends would want to know why I was so happy all the time. So there's a, there's a change in your attitude, um, and so then they would be curious, and then you know eventually they started uh, studying and everything else. So that's a perfect example. Just you know multiplication, continue to be uh, shining for Jesus, and don't hide. Yeah. So again, let's go back to the parable. So they took the 10 minutes and turned it into 10 more. And the king says, now I'm going to give you 10 cities. Yeah. So we take, 
we take what small amount we might have right now, regardless of how you're making connections to, to this to these principles, whatever whatever is on your heart, you, you take that small amount and you begin to multiply and grow it and become. And that leads to a greater harvest. So minas become cities and you, you know go. cities become states and states become countries. You know, I, I, I learned to to play a guitar and then I learn the chords and then I learn songs and then I find somebody that can teach me and I keep going and I find myself singing at the Grand Old Opry. How did that happen? Yeah. Right? And selling millions of songs, however you want. It, it doesn't happen overnight, but it is taking the small portion that we have and multiplying it because the multiplication leads to an incredible harvest. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I've never sung on the Grand Ole Opry, but it's been one of my thing, and I can't sing, of course. But man, I tell Me you what, either. <laughs> I've been to Nashville. I have I've driven by there, and I just waved and like, oh wow, look at all that. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Um, and smaller matters lead to larger matters. That and you, and you mentioned st- stacking from the bottom. Yeah. How exactly you want to expand on that a little bit? So my youngest daughter had a coach in high school uh, who was who was her track coach, and he had this saying. Every day we stack from the bottom, right? Whatever your performance is in practice, at a meet, in the weight room, in school, your academic, you're stacking, you're stacking, you're stacking. Sometimes it's going to be a really bad day. You got to stack that from the bottom. You just take that to the bottom. But every day you're stacking. Every day, and you wanna you wanna look for little improvements every day. Might be today I really need to to, to work on the, the bench press. Uh, today I just need to work on getting my steps right and counting it. I just wanna I just wanna stack every day. So we're not going from today into tomorrow and go, wow, that was unbelievable improvement. I just can't believe it. Thank you, Lord. I mean, that's a miracle. Now, if God wants to perform a miracle, I'm all for it, whatever God wants to do. Most of life, though, is just taking those small increments and stacking from the bottom consistently, having a direction that we're going. And then eventually, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, we, we take a look at the stack and go, oh, my Thank you, Lord. This has really grown. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so we're stacking every day. I get that. <clears throat> so when we are judged and rewarded by our very own words, that that one, uh, of course, um, hits really hard because, you know, uh, talking to the teens, um, we've got uh, – it's easy to um, uh, take on what society tells them, if that makes sense. So they say, hey, you know, society or the world tells you, hey, this is okay to say this. But in, in reality, we're like, no, that's not, not something you should say. Um, and I've always tried to make the, uh, make the point of how we can bring uh, heaven or hell to earth with our words as well. So when you said that, I was like, no, kind of like reiterated what I've been teaching the kids. So I appreciate that. Um, right. And, and how, how real is that even for just our relationships here? on earth it's it's one of the principles of life so this again back to the parable the 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 third one comes the one who had hidden you know the 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 money that was given to him and he said look i was afraid of you you know you're an unjust man and you know um you 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 reap where you don't sow the king looks at him and says oh you think that's the way i am then i will judge you by your own words i'm going to in other words i'm going to respond to you yeah. in action and in consequence based on what you've been saying. So it's a, it's a, um, Jesus said it this way, do not judge and you'll not be judged. Yeah. Right now, again, you can, you can spin that a couple of ways, but here's the way I see it. Judgment, judging others is like a boomerang. When I send it out, that boomerang is eventually going to come back and it's going to hit me. Yeah. Now I can be all upset and I can't believe they did that and I can't <laughs> believe they said that and who, who do they think they are? Well, no, 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 no. I sent the boomerang out. Right. I'm judging. So the, 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 the principle here is that we're all going to be judged by our words. Jesus speaks about this. There are several verses that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. That's why we're judged by it, because it, it, it is our heart. So the challenge is to, to practice speaking words that are life and blessing, not words of defeat, 
not words of, of just what we see with the, the eyes in our head, the ability to learn to speak with the eyes of our heart, oh, the, the, the speaking with, with hope. But ultimately, we're either judged or rewarded by what we say. Yeah. But, you know, one quick thing that comes to my mind is we want to speak good words, you know, read a good book. It's a great place. To start. <laughs> so start at the Bible and just that's that's a good way to do yeah. it. Um, and we are called to take the kingdom of God and advance it. I mean, the Great Commission comes to mind, of course. Um, but I know this is, um, like we talked about earlier, work. It's a lot of work. It is. Um, when I before I got into ministry, I was in construction. That's hard work. But man, I I had no idea. Uh, physical work. I, I feel like I can do that, no problem. But man, when I first got into ministry, I was like, okay, this is a different beast here. This is mm-hmm. this is a lot of work because there's you know, well, youth ministry is physicality, of course, because you have to keep up with the kids somehow. <laughs> so yes. when you're out running, playing soccer, and uh, hiding from hide and seek in the church, uh, not that we do that all the time, but you know. So yeah. it, I just want to uh, reiterate that to everyone that it does take a lot of work, but man, the the fulfillment you get and the connection with people. I mean, I think you can, you can, you've been in ministry a lot longer than I have, but the relationships that uh, you have established and still have today are, are some of the most precious ones that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a very nice way, by the way, of calling me old. Oh. I, I appreciate that. So, but no, this point of um, the, the ninth point that I made is we're called to take the kingdom of God and advance it. It's kind of a come back to the very beginning of this parable when Jesus told it because the people were just waiting on the kingdom of God to appear. Yeah. And his whole point is, no, 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 you got it backwards. You don't wait for it to appear. You go work for it. There you you go. go to advance it. Now, let's make sure we understand this. God is the creator, okay. not me. So creation is owned by God. Salvation through Jesus Christ is from God. It's not me. I can't save myself. Creation, this world, salvation, I can't do anything about that. That um, I leave to God, and I thank God for all of that. But the kingdom of God and the advancement of it, we're called to be stewards. We're called to take all that we have here. Again, this idea of subduing the earth. We're, we're, We're God's stewards here on earth to advance it to grow it, to become, and we do it together. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're called to take it and, and, and grow the kingdom of God. It is a, it is a fun thing. You know, we got um, some stuff going on here at Harlan about that. You know, the harvesters are coming. We're going to be handing out uh, some food for everybody. That's definitely a way for everybody to, to get connected and contribute there. I want to throw that out there. Um, you know, as we uh, wrap it up here, I want to that quote from George Moeller. I want to let it, read that again and let everybody uh, listen to that. My business is with all my might to serve my own generation, and in doing so, I shall best serve the next generation. Should the Lord Jesus tarry, the longer I live, the more I am able to realize that I have but one life to live on earth. And that is, this one life is but a brief life for sowing in comparison with eternity for reaping. And I can't really. I mean, I would love to add to that, but uh, that he does such a good job. But, yeah, when we're doing so much for this generation right now, we can look to the next generation, and we're, and we're, we're helping them advance it, too. That's right. That's, that's advancing the kingdom of God. Right. He says, my business with all my might is to serve my generation, right? the people around me, yeah. the world around me. That's my business. Well, wait a minute. Aren't you a Christian? Absolutely. And so it is my business right. to advance this generation and to serve it because it will it will lead to um, greater opportunities for the generation to, that, that, that will follow. It's what we call leaving a legacy. Yeah. I want to leave a legacy. but and, and I heard this a few years ago. Legacy, my leaving a legacy is... is um, is not what I leave behind. My legacy is who I leave behind. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who am I leaving behind because of the life that I live, that I have loved and cared for and contributed and mentored and and spurred them on when, when, when it may not be comfortable, encouraged them, you know, love. That's the legacy. But that's what God has put in our hearts, in our soul when he created us. 
And so it, it is very possible. This takes thinking through. This takes going journaling, yeah. uh, going back. How do I view God? How am I living my life? Am, am, am I growing? Am I becoming? And so, and, and those are all blessings and, and lead to fulfillment. But now let me give you a, a warning. One of the greatest fears that humans have is the fear of getting to the end of our lives with regret. Oh, yeah. It's one that I have to be careful of or it will haunt me. I don't want to live with regret because I did not, um, I did not take these principles seriously. Yeah. So I will say this. We get to the end of the chapter and you have this verse where the king says, okay, now this is going to be Danny Sitter's interpretation here. All right. The king, call, again, it's a parable, okay? It's a parable. Right. It's a story, okay? Gets to the end and the king says, get all those enemies that, that thought this way about me who didn't like me and, and uh, bring them before me and kill them. Yeah. A little harsh. I think that death, that the fear of regret and getting to the ends of our lives feeling regret is quite comparable to what this guy experienced at the end of the parable. No, Matter of fact, that. in some instances, it could be worse yeah. than just being killed. To lay, to lie on your deathbed with regret, oh no, please God, don't let me get there. Right. So I want to I wanna contribute, I want to connect, I want to contribute, I want to grow, I want to become, I want to leave a legacy, I want to do everything I can with the time that I have here on earth. It's and it's small. possible. Yeah. It's possible. Definitely possible. And it's it's small. The time that we do have is small. Um, Danny, thank you. Again, I this love is, it. This is fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I hope I hope everybody out there listening is enjoying it, too. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you know, you can send them into uh, the email address. Um, I'll put that in the description down below. It's hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com. Um, oh, so we got Peak of the Week. Coming up tomorrow night and uh, sermon on Sunday. So we got you got any previews for us? I do not have a preview because I've I've kind of exhausted this subject and I'm looking for another one. So anyway, <laughs> send those in. There I'd love to have some ideas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. All right. Well, Danny, have a wonderful day. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on Zoom on Wednesdays. Uh, that's right. Thank you, everybody. Have a blessed week.